the Inside 50, Nick Quinn, Shane Crawford and Jimmy Bartell, two of the superstars of the game, joined by the man with the best hair in the business. Jimmy Bartell, I'll go to you first. 305 games, three premierships, a Brownlow, a Norman Smith and most of all, a valued member of this podcast. Great to be back, Quinny. I had a lot of fun last year, uh, weekly chatting football with yourself and Croft. There were some great debates. There was a lot of bait thrown out there, a lot of teasing, mainly coming your way and I'm looking forward to it again. And Shane Crawford, another man who also played 305 games. I'm not sure what's so special about that number, but great to see you two superstars bow out with the same number of games played. A Brownlow, a Premiership, and a superstar member of the TAB team. And you're on location today, Crawford. You've covered some Ks in the last few months. Yeah, I'm in Sydney today, but it's great to join you, Quinny. I know you say you've got the best hair in the business, but I thought you were talking about Jimmy's hair. He's got beautiful hair as well. But, uh, no, I cannot wait. It's going to be an unbelievable AFL season. What did COVID do to all of us last year? Who's going to be the massive bolter? It's all going to happen and uh, can't wait for it to start. Bring it on. And Crawp, as we approach the start of the 2021 season, I think last year we were probably a bit more forgiving of teams and players that maybe underwhelmed a little bit. But as we go into 2021, hopefully normality is restored, Crawp, and we can judge each team on what they do and maybe be a little more analytical. Well, I think so, but you just never know these days. So I think uh, I think all the clubs deep down are holding their breath and hoping that they can stay put and, and play home games at their home venue. Obviously, last year, you know, it was a big advantage for the Brisbane Lions to be based at home, and um, there was a lot of excuses for a lot of clubs, but there's no excuses this year. It's uh, hopefully back to normal, and uh, away we go, and we can judge them harshly from now on. Now, we're going to go through and have a look at where the money has gone so far. We'll start by taking a look at the premiership market. 22.76% of the money has been on Richmond at odds of $4.50. They're the best backed in terms of investment. Geelong currently holding 17.89% of the money, and they're firm from $8 into $5.50. Port Adelaide at $7.50 have attracted 11.59% of the money. Single figure or better the rest for the terms of investment with St Kilda on the fourth most popular line there at $13 with 9.55%. The money has been with Richmond and Geelong, Jimmy Bartell, the two teams that played in last year's grand final. Does that surprise you, or again, are they the top two seeds? No, I think they are the top two seeds. Yeah, you go off recent form, not only uh, last season, the COVID Cup, but the, the last three years, they're, they're the most known and consistent quantity when you go through it. We know Brisbane has made this rapid rise and stayed there. Port Adelaide are adding layers to their squad as well when you add a Lear and Fantasia as well. But I, I think most people are just confident that those two are going to be top four or thereabouts. And if you make get make top four, you, the likelihood of making a grand final is much better. Corp, there's been money for St Kilda looking for that second premiership. They're one and only coming back in 1966. The Saints made big roads last year. Do you anticipate they'll be able to take the next step in 2021? Yeah, I'm expecting there's a great depth there. You bring in someone like Crouch who can win plenty of the footy. So he's, he's a class player. We didn't see the best of him last year at Adelaide. So, yeah, they're definitely um, a team that's certainly going to be climbing the ladder. And the thing is, you've got to strike. You've got to make sure that uh, when you're in form, you just go. Press go. Don't wait and don't feel as though you've got to wait a year or two until you sort of earn that spot. You've got to go for it and go for it now. So I reckon they're uh, right in the hitting zone and they are just got to uh, get up to the pitch and go whack and see what they can do. Rolf Richmond hit the market at 4.50. Again, the best back team at this early stage. Do you anticipate the boys from Punt Road are the ones to beat again? Or do you think the deeper they get into this dynasty, the more vulnerable they become? 
Well, not really. They were, they were amazing last year, and I know a lot of people were doubting them last year, and they got obviously better. And uh, they've just had amazing depth. What they've done over the last few years, they've just had role players come in, and then they bring their very best in. They get them fit and firing. And you've got to remember, they won the grand final last year. I remember looking at Geelong and looking at Richmond when they lined up to sing the national anthem, and the Richmond players look like sort of 800-metre runners, just lean, mean running machines, whereas Geelong were, were big, strong bodies. And that obviously flowed into the game. After half-time, Richmond, you know, got their tails up, but they just ran. They ran right over the top. And that's that's what I think you need to do in the modern game. Obviously, the quarters this year are going to be a bit longer. So you, you do need to have plenty of run. And Richmond just keep finding players, you know. So um, they're certainly going to be there again. It's just going to come down to hunger. But, you know, when you think about it, the Tiger Army, they're going to play in front of their fans. Uh, they're a wonderful team. They're very organised. Chaotic, but extremely organised. And, yeah, they're definitely the team to beat. But look out for Geelong. Geelong, when you had Isaac Smith, Higgins, and then you had a guy called Jeremy Cameron, that's, that's unbelievable, really. That is a, a trifecta that everyone would want in their side. So uh, look out for Geelong. Obviously, they've got great depth. I still think they need to add a bit of run uh, and carry through that midfield, but just class and experience. They're going to be very hard to beat, and I can see them definitely finishing not only top four, but top two. Jimmy, you've spoken about your respect for Richmond and Geelong again this season. Is there a team that you see taking a big step up this year and potentially threatening those top two? Well, Port Adelaide's the, the obvious one. They're one kick away from a grand final. They beat Geelong in the qualifying final, and then they absolutely bombarded Richmond in the last quarter and a half, but just weren't efficient going inside forward 50. We had the new rules to the game, which I think of all the teams, you have a look at the, the player and their, their sort of playing characteristics. It suits Port Adelaide, that wheel and go play footy. You know, I mentioned Fantasia. A lear down back likes to go really quick. Bonner up on, on the wing. Dersma, Rosie, Butters, all these players um, love to attack the game. Steve Motlop and speed on the game will probably give him a bit better opportunity to score. So what sides would do, they'd swamp back onto Charlie Dixon and they'd almost say, well, we'll, we'll cut out the big Chaz. Who else is going to hit the scoreboard? I think this opens up the game for their really creative types. Crawf, is there a team that you see making a big step up this year? Well, there is, but um, there's a team that Jimmy is involved with, the Giants, who I think we all expect them possibly to drop down, losing a few key players. But I think, you know, that manning of the mark rule, I think that suits them as well because they've sort of had great speed on the game over the last few years. Last year, not as much, whereas I reckon that rule's going to, you know, really help them as long as the other teams that Jimmy just mentioned. So I think they're certainly one that a lot of people say, no, nah, they're going to drop down, but I reckon they can still be right up there. And the Western Bulldogs, oh my goodness, what a midfield the Bulldogs have. When you look at Bontempelli and you've got Trelaw now, who didn't want to leave Collingwood, but reluctantly went across to the Bulldogs and he's been welcomed with open arms. Uh, you chuck in Dunkley, who wanted to leave. Now he's sort of going to work and we know that he had a really good season a few years ago when his body was right. Smith, McRae, it goes on and on so I don't know how you're going to match it. If they can team together and that's going to be the key whether or not they can team together look out for the Bulldogs because they're back and they're going to be back with a massive bite. We speak about GWS. They're a $26 chance for the Premiership. It's their longest odds since 2016. Mm. So obviously a bit of the gloss has gone off but maybe Jimmy, a bit of the pressure as well. Yeah, I agree with that, Quinny and Look, I think people fell in, 
to the narrative a bit the Giants have done and dusted. You, you couldn't do much about Jeremy Cameron. You would have loved to keep him at the Giants, of course. Their all-time leading goal kicker, games record holder, all that sort of stuff. And he's a quality player, Coleman Millis. But they, the Giants lost out. But a lot of the other players who have moved on, they're just pure list management decisions. You can't keep them all. And I think Nathan Buckley said with Collingwood, if we had 100 million bucks, we could keep them all because you just keep paying them more to stay. But um, you lose Zach Williams out of the half-back line, but Lockie Ash is ready to, to step up there. And Whitfield has now moved back to the half-back line. So you've got players who are ready to go in those positions. And there's opportunity. And Croft, you would have seen it with um, your Hawks when Buddy left. You're not trying to replace all of Buddy's goals. You're trying to get an extra five or ten out of Ruffy, an extra five out of Cyril. You know, somebody else comes in that forward line. If they can kick 10, 15, you get a couple more out of your midfield. You do it that way. So that's what the Giants be looking at. Himmelberg, if he can lift his goal, you know, kicking tally by five goals, Finlayson, five goals, the midfielders start to join in a bit more kicking goals, that's how you, you fill the void. Hi, Emma Friedman here. I'm saving my lungs for Tab's big day of play this Saturday. It's the Golden Slipper. AFL, NRL, the A-League, the NBA and more all on one day. <clears throat> There'll be big deals with venue mode, live betting and an unforgettable atmosphere. The big day of play. Book a table at your local. Tab. Long may we play. Venue mode available on the Tab app in operating Tab venues, agencies and selected race courses only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help. 1800 858 858. So, Jimmy, you are associated with GWS, and until someone comes along and gives you that head coaching job, which we're desperate to see on the show, you are involved. So I won't probe you for a thought on how GWS will fare this year, but, Croft, do you think they're a top-four team, a top-eight team, or don't you think they'll play finals footy? Well, I was a bit worried about them, um, you know, because we know they can be a bit hit-and-miss. But as Jimmy did say, when Buddy Franklin left Hawthorne, Hawthorne won the premiership the very next year. So if you've got good coaching and share that responsibility every time you go forward, get some midfielders kicking some goals, you can still have great success. Now, I've been staying in Sydney, and I've been staying virtually in a hotel room that looks over the over where the Giants have been training. And I've been, when I've seen them out there, I've been wandering down and having a look. And I've, I've watched a few teams train over the last three or four months. And they've been the most impressive because of the pressure they were bringing during their training sessions. All their key players, you know, you've got Kelly, Whitfield, uh, Green, Coniglio was up and about, um, Riccardi. Like, I think they might be, I reckon they might be ready to show their very best. It looked as though they were really teaming well together. They were heavily focusing on their structure and setting up really well. And I reckon that's been a, a real key ingredient missing. So... They, they, for me, are. Um, I, I think they're going to show some really good early season form. And, yeah, I, I like their chances. We know they've got unbelievable talent. Now it's just a matter of, of making sure they're all on the same page, have a good understanding of each other's role. And I think we might see the very best of the Giants this year. All right, punters, get your pen out. It's time for a premiership prediction and a riser and faller in the 2021 season. Jimmy Bartel, open the batting. Well, I've got the disclaimer, of course. So if it's not the Giants, <laughs> yes. I'm backing. I used to love uh, watching a bit of the wrestling, and Croft would have loved this man, Ric Flair, the nature boy. <laughs> and his famous line is, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And I still can't see anyone who's going to beat the man at the moment. I think Richmond are going to win again. Croft highlighted they've got depth, and they've got that frightening thing of they've got a game plan or the system which coaches dream of. They've got a system that it's hard to beat, 
but they've got the top-end talent as well. They've got both things going at once, but all Australians in their back line, all Australians in their midfield, and all Australians and Coleman medalists, Norma Smith medalists in their forward line. There we go. The ties to get the job done. What about a team that will potentially rise in 2021? I like what the Fremantle Dockers are doing. Over there in the West, they go a little bit unnoticed. They've got a young list of players where the old, oh, who's that guy? Uh, Bob's up. You know, Juman, um, Chera, Sarong, the rising star, Brayshaw. Uh, they've got young players everywhere. I love the way Longmuir has gone about his business. He's taught them defence first. You can see him add another layer to it. They've just got to get a few more goals going forward. Uh, I'm not saying they'll play finals, but they'll be on the rise and they'll be hassling uh, the eight. There we go. They finished 12th last season, so if they finish above 12th, that's a big tick for you. And what about a team that might go the other way this year? I've got some concerns about Collingwood. I know the Collingwood faith will be upset about that, but you, you can't have the off-season they did. Even the off-field uh, turmoil going on there, I just don't know where they're going to get their score from. Even before they had all that... Um, you know, players going out the door at the end of last year, they found it really difficult to score when the game was slowed down. You have a look at all their four types when they played a grand final. Hoskin Elliott kicked 40, Stevenson 40, Thomas about 40 goals. They're all small, medium size who need the ball coming forward. The goey was 40 goals. If you're going to play the goey in the midfield, where's their score going to come from? And the thing is, the players they got in um, to be forwards have turned out to be super defenders in Jeremy Howe and Darcy Moore, and you want to leave them there. So it's just scoring power for me for Collingwood. So I think they're going to miss the eight. And they did finish eight last year. So there they we go. They got belted in the first final. They did. Didn't quite go to script there for the Pies. Croft, who's your premiership prediction? Oh, i got no idea, Quinny, let's be honest. <laughs> um, yes, we think the Tigers. I, I think the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs because you, you just look. I know Beveridge... Um, you know, did a wonderful job a few years ago on getting him to win. If he can get them all gelling together, that is just an unbelievable collection of midfielders, which we know that is a real key to uh, to winning matches. Scoring power, yes, can be questionable, but the thing is, I think the ball's going to live in their forward half this year, so uh, I've just got a feeling the Bulldogs can uh, really be up there. Let's go with the Bulldogs to win the flag. What about a team that might go the other way this year, Croft? Well... I think they'll fall, but I don't think they'll fall too far. I think the Brisbane Lions, you got Cam Rayner with an ACL injury who I think is a really super important player and we're wanting him to go to that next level. Uh, yes, Danaher comes in, but he's not reliable with his body, yet so far things are going really well and we hope he does play all year because he's, he's so good for the game when he's up and about. But they played all their games at home last year. They lived in their little bubble, in their own homes. Everything was pretty good. A bit of a reality check this year, so uh, they're going to have to travel a little bit. It's not going to be on their terms. They'll fall a little bit. They won't fall far, but uh, I can't see them being top four. I think they might sneak into the top eight. So a little bit of a fall for the Brisbane Lions. I couldn't agree more. My premiership prediction at this stage, I'm sticking with Richmond. Why not? I think the team that will rise this year is the Sydney Swans. They finished 16th last year. I think they'll be higher than that this year. Maybe, again, not top eight, but a team that will win more than they did last year. Why is that? What are you putting that down to? They've got some good young players coming through the Swans. Another year in the system, another year under the belt together, and I just think they will be the sort of team that will provide nuisance factor each week. I think they'll pick off some low scalps like Adelaide, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Gold Coast and Essendon throughout the course of the year, and I just think they'll finish higher than 16. Are you doing that with one Lance Budwar Franklin playing majority of the season? Does no, that affect your decision? Not the majority of the season. I think it'll be great when he comes back, but unfortunately at his age with his injuries, I think it's going to be 
a limited Buddy Franklin, but when he comes back, he can win games off his own boot as well. They're always super competitive at home as well, Jim. So another one, would you, if he's right to go, are you playing him against the teams that you mentioned to get the wins, or are you playing him against the real tough sides to protect the young players? Great question. Thanks, I have the occasional one. I think there's nothing better than winning games. I think Hawthorne, Geelong, in recent times, Richmond, even West Coast have shown that, that you get better by winning and you want your young players playing in winning games. Does that get a slightly lower draft pick at the end of the year? Yes, but I think the upside outweighs the negative. You look at teams like Melbourne and Carlton that have been down the bottom for so long, and winning is something that it's so crucial to get into these young players from an early stage. So I would play him in the very winnable games, hope he destroys them, and they get some confidence-building kills. The team I think will slide, I'm going with Crawford as well. Brisbane, they were second last year. I don't think they'll be top two this year. I do think they'll play finals footy, but they're the team I think will drop a little bit. So the Swans to rise a bit and the Lions to drop a bit for mine. Now, turning our attention to the Brownlow medal, only the superstars win Brownlow medals. You've only got to ask these two, and we'll take a look at the market, where the money has gone so far. Lockie Neal won the Brownlow last year, and he's been the most popular player, taking 19.63% of the money. He's a $6 chance. Punters love Matty Rao. He's attracted nearly 19.5% of the money as well. He's a $17 chance in from 23. Marcus Bontempelli, the third most popular in terms of investment. He's at 9. Then Patrick Cripps, 7. And Dustin Martin at 9. Taking a look at the Brownlow. It is a little bit fickle. It can be hard to predict. What do you make of the fact that Lockie Neal's been the best-packed player here, Jimmy? Oh, super consistent. He's a big ball winner. You imagine even with longer games, he's going to win more possessions, plus the extra games as well. So he's got more opportunities for votes. And he won so easily. He won with a leg in the air last year. So I think that's why punters are leaning towards the known factor with so much confusion in the last 18 months. My tip, though, Quinny, I've gone with Patrick Cripps. Didn't have his best year last year, but now he gets to grind away in the midfield. That big body, he's the straw that stirs the Carlton drink for me. If Carlton are going to improve like we all expect them to with their additions on the field, the extra wins will help him pick up those three Brownlow votes that he needs instead of getting ones and twos. Oh, no, I think it's one of those ones where we all think he's going to win a Brownlow, so you can just keep backing him each year until he does. Yep. He's $7 to get the job done, and I think he'll be mighty hard to beat as well. Croft, who do you like for the Brownlow? It's not that easy, Quinny, to win a Brownlow, I can assure you that. <laughs> so uh, you got to make it happen. Now, yes, I, I do agree with Paddy Cripps. I've got a lot of man love for Paddy Cripps, and I know that he's in, in good shape at the moment. Um, I'm going to go for value. I'm going to go for Stephen Caniglia, who got dropped last year. He's the captain of the Giants. He's massive odds. He's huge odds. Just from what I saw at training, we know the year before he had a real breakout year where he just dominated, got so much of the footy. I reckon he's back to that form from what I've seen. And um, I'm backing myself in as a track watcher, and I reckon uh, he's going to have a ripping year if he can keep himself... Fit and healthy, I reckon mentally he seems like he's in a good space. Yeah, I, I reckon he's going to give you great value. And I still, still think the Giants are going to win lots of games. So someone's got to get their votes. And it might be the captain in a bounce-back year. He's $67. That's what we like. Because I was about to ask everyone for a rough year as well. And Croft's oh. just given his at big odds. But I like it, Croft. I'll let you have that <laughs> as your tip and your roughie. And no, I'll I've, got enough, I've got another roughie anyway. Oh, th- this is absolutely superb. <laughs> All right. Time for a tip from me. I'm going to... I couldn't decide over these two, and I'm going to back them both, and I think I'll find the winner. Patrick Cripps for the reasons that Jimmy alluded to, and Nat Fife. I think the Dockers will win more games, and every time they win, he plays well, 
and he's the sort of player that just gets the three votes as well. He stands out. He's a dual Brownlow medalist, and I think at around the $8, he'll be very hard to beat. What do we make of the fact that Dustin Martin has been popular for the Brownlow? For mine, I think the Tigers will be mighty hard to beat this year, but I'm probably steering away from Dusty. I think it'll be a bit like LeBron James in the NBA. He'll do enough throughout the home and away season, but he'll really spike come finals time. Well, it might, might be um, his focus this year. He looks lean. He looks fit. I know we've only seen one Amy Community Series game, but he was up on his toes. It's the only thing in his cabinet he hasn't got. It might be motivating. Not that he, he'd sacrifice team success for it, but there might be some midfield time, whereas last year, um, because of the COVID year, he parked himself forward. When the game needed to be won, he'd assert himself, and then he just turned up the dial during the finals. He might be thinking, you know what, if I just pick up a couple extra touches here... That's a Brownlow on the bag. It'd be the Gary Ablett Jr.-like year in, I think, was it 2009, where he kicked 40-odd goals and averaged 25, 27 touches. That's that's not beyond Dusty's ability. True. I just think that he's already done that. He's had the season with the Brownlow, the Norm Smith, and the flag. I just think he might want to keep a bit more petrol in the yeah. tank for the finals. And we did see him not Two cruise at various stages Smiths. last oh. year, Croft, but he sort of just did enough at stages, didn't he? Yeah, he started a little slow, but then um, I think at one stage I said Christian Petrarca was having a better year, and then all of a sudden yeah. Dustin Martin for the next four or five weeks, he just went through the roof and he dominated. So uh, I'll tell you what, he's a massive chance, and as Jimmy did say, he is looking lean, um, and he's really got himself ready for another awesome year. What a super player. Playing in front of the Tiger Army, how are you going to shut him down? You know, especially if the Tigers give him a bit of space and one-on-one with his opponent. I don't know how you're going to keep him out of the game. So he can definitely be there. But I'm going to give you a roughie, all right? And uh, probably got no chance, let's be honest. But you've got to think a bit differently. I think the Bulldogs are going to be up the top somewhere. So someone's going to get their votes. The problem with the Bulldogs, you've got Trelaw will get votes. Bontempelli will get votes. Hunter will get votes. McRae will get votes. Smith will get votes. But a few years ago, Dunkley had a real breakout season and got a lot of votes. Um, and... I just think, you know, yes, I wanted to go to another club. Now I'm back. I want more midfield time. He'll probably get that early on in the season to show what he's got. He can take the ruck, but he can also become that on-baller. I'm, I'm happy to have a little, something just small on him to finish in the, the top three or four because he, he's capable. He's got the motivation there. He's obviously well-loved from the Bulldogs' point of view because they didn't want him to go, so... I've just got a feeling he's going to make a statement this year, Josh Dunkley. What odds is he to win the whole thing? Well, I've just got the tab out there, and I'm scrolling down, and he hasn't come up for a while, which is always a good sign. He's $101, so... Oh, well, I thought it'd be bigger than that. Um, But anyway... That's what happens, Paul. Jimmy? Well... No confidence there, though. No. At, those, at 100 to 1, you can be wrong, Croft. We won't hold that one against you, that is for sure. Now, in terms of the liability, now, this is in terms of the most amount of money pl- the tab will have to pay out if either of these gentlemen win. The number one tab liability is Jordan Degoe. He's an $81 chance. Sam Welsh, 67. Matt Rouse, 17. Brody Grundy, 51. Brad Hill at $251. So they're the roughies that have attracted support. Jordan Degoe, $81. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, Jimmy, but he'd have to probably lift on what he did last year. Yeah, well, he'd have to play more midfield time, which it looks like he, he's, he's going that way. He, he looks like he's you know, got himself fit enough to play some good midfield minutes. But where those guys get their votes is they get the ball, but then they hit the scoreboard as well. And, you know, we, we mentioned Dusty, we mentioned Gaz Jr. Or you've got to win an absolute 
bucket load. It's always in your in your hand. And he's he's not that type of ball winner. So he's got to be the the twenty and two type of guy. So he's got to be a year where he's got to kick thirty goals, but from a midfield forward point of view, because he's not going to be Lockie Neal who wins it thirty five to forty times a game. He's, he just he's not that type of player. He's an explosive player. Make the possessions count. Don't count the possessions. That's the Jordan Dugowie mantra. In terms of a roughie, who have you got for us here, Jimmy? Well, I've gone Giants as well, but I, I went a, a different Giant. I've gone with Josh Kelly. Oh, so did I. Oh, that, well, actually, I'll throw another Giant then if, if they're going to go well. Tim Taranto is Giants' best and fairest two years ago. Missed all of last season pretty much. He played the last uh, few games. Broken collarbone. Can get votes. He's another big body around the ball, and I think he'll go forward a bit more this year. And like I said... You hit the scoreboard, you get in the umpire's attention. Can we just get back to Josh Kelly? Because he's $51. I think that is massive overs, and he was the first player you did mention. Tell us why you think he'll have a big season. Well, he's a class act. He, he wins it. Um, he uses the ball well. He catches your eye. When you go along to the Giants games, he's a player who catches your eye, and that, that's important. If you're noticing it from sitting in, in the nosebleeds up at the MCG or up in Sydney somewhere, the umpires are going to notice that he moves really smoothly. Kicks the ball inside four fifty, so he's setting up teammates. You know those eye-catching plays, and again another one who has capability to the score as well from the midfield. He's very big odds at fifty-one dollars, as I alluded to, and the other one I think will have a big season. He's twenty-six dollars. Clayton Oliver from Melbourne. I think he'll have a really good year, and I think he'll poll well as well. So hopefully we've stumbled across the Brownlow Medal winner and Premiership winner. Heading into round one. Well, the good thing is that those odds you can afford to back a few. And if you do find the winner, the value will take care of itself. But round one fast approaching. The season starts Thursday night with Richmond up against Carlton. Do the Tigers simply get the four points here, Shane Crawford, or can Carlton cause a big surprise? Oh, I think they're, they're definitely in the match for sure. They're fit. It's another year on from the improvement over the last few years. They started pre-season a bit earlier than Richmond, so um, they're going to be in this game. And as Jimmy Bartell did say, uh, Paddy Cripps going to win the Brownlow medal, so he'll have a huge influence on the game. They can definitely win. They can definitely win this match, but yeah, I'm sure Richmond want to start the season really well, especially in front of their fans. So I think it'll be close, but uh, I think the Tigers will get the job done. Yeah, I think Carlton's one of the few teams that have got enough options in their back line to cover that powerful Richmond forward line. You know, when you're weedering, you know, there's, there's Plowman, Doherty, we mentioned uh, Saad, Williams added to that, Liam Jones as well. So they've got enough that can sort of mix and match. It's just slowing down that ball movement and Shane highlighted it before, the speed they come out of a contest. They've got to somehow slow Richmond down, which gives them a greater opportunity. So I think the only bad result that could come out of is if Carlton get touched up because we've built all this hope into Carlton. Carlton supporters are thinking this is the year that we're going to play finals. They've just got to be competitive. I, I think if Carlton get beaten by more than five goals, it might be the odd, here we go again. So even Richmond losing is not a bad headline. Carlton winning, fine. Richmond winning fine, but the headline will be, the big headline is if Carlton get touched up. Now, Friday night, can't wait for this one. Collingwood up against the Western Bulldogs. The money has come for the Bulldogs. They're now into a slight favourite. The Adam Trelaw Cup, which way will it go, Jimmy? I think the Bulldogs, um, and Croft uh, touched on it before. I'd love to see their midfield group actually measure inside forward 50s, goals kicked, score assists, retaining possession, because then that way that massive midfield group who we've touched on they're not having 500 possessions across half-back, across going sideways, across the midfield, which they can fall in the trap to. You'd rather see them you know, just piling the pressure on that Collingwood 
back line. So if McRae, Bontempelli, Trelaw, all these sort of guys, Smith having 30, but they've all got around five or six inside forward 50s. I think the, the Bulldogs run away with it. But if they chip wide, slow, knock up the possessions, they'll have 1,000 touches and won't win. But I reckon the Bulldogs will just have too much class. Who are you tipping there, Croft? Yeah, one less handball around the stoppages. I totally agree with that, Jimmy. I'm tipping the Bulldogs. I'm tipping the Bulldogs because I just think, yes, it's the start of the season, but I just reckon there's there's a bit there in that game. Obviously, Adam Trelaw, what happened with Collingwood over the off-season, and then I reckon the Bulldogs have just put their arms around him and said, come and be a part of it. So I reckon the players, they understand how important it is for him to uh, not only be welcomed into the football club, but to get off on a really good start. So... I think there'll be a bit of spite in this. I reckon they'll really come to play and stick up for uh, one of their newbies. And he is a star, so totally agree with Jimmy. As long as they don't overuse the footy, which can really frustrate me, as long as they sort of just push the button and go bang, direct to goals, I reckon the Bulldogs can win and really make a statement in round one. There we go with the Bulldogs across the board in Friday night footy. An intriguing game Saturday night with the Bombers up against Hawthorne. Essendon 2.15, Hawthorne $1.72. What I love about this game is both sets of supporters are simply expecting to win. I dare say this might be the headline game because the losing team will be up in arms no matter what happens. I was surprised initially Hawthorne was such a clear favourite. The market started to even out a little bit. I think the Bombers have got more upside than Hawthorne. What do you say, Jimmy? Well, I watched the Bombers play the Cats in that community series game and I walked away super impressed. It was the way that they were trying to play. They tried to defend really high. What's been the big criticism of Essendon is they sit all the way back, they knock up getting the footy across half-back and the opposition just scores against them on the rebound. So they take the ball out of their back 50, they turn it over poorly and then they get scored on the rebound really easy. They're trying to eliminate that. They've moved certain blokes behind the ball. Jordan Ridley, you, you look down and you go, 26 games, is that it? Like, he's just so composed... And nothing wrong with the long apprenticeship he did in the VFL. So he's a very, very good player. Like, he's he's a jet across half-back. It's just Hawthorne. You can't rely on Kaczynski kicking six for you every week. It's a bonus. But where's the support and cover for him? But the real question for me, and it goes to, to Shane, is what day of the week do we get the Dermot Burton special line in the sand, we hate Essendon, let's just punch on? What, what day does that go on the paper? Oh, it'll be, yeah, I'm surprised it's not already in there uh, and ready to go. But um, obviously, great rivalry. Uh, Hawthorne's pre-season form is very good, and I know you can't really look into pre-season form too much, but they've got good structure about the way they're going about things. But I think Essendon can win this Marvel Stadium. They're just a different side. Andrew McGrath, I think he's a superstar. You obviously got Zach Merritt through the middle. So that's great run. That's what really causes trouble with the Hawks, and if you remember the last time they played, they played in Adelaide. I think it was in Adelaide. I think it was the last time they played, and they, I think Danaher, was it Danaher's first game back? Yep. And they virtually came, and they came from behind. Hawthorne dominated early. They would look totally out of the match, and then they just totally outran Hawthorne, went direct, and I think that's what they'll do. It'll be a very fast game, and I just think Essendon, I just think the odds are wrong. Like, I just think the odds are wrong and stacked in Hawthorne's favour when off the year that they had, you, you couldn't be backing Hawthorne with much confidence. Although I think they're going to win a lot of games throughout the year, I think Essendon will win. you just got to call it as you feel it may play out. And, um, you know, I was, I was extremely disappointed with Hawthorne last year. You know, I thought out of all the teams going into the hub, they would cope the best, and they didn't. They coped the worst. I still think they're going to win a lot of games, especially the MCG. 
uh, throughout season 2021. They're going to be a pain in the backside, as you would say, Quinny, about your swans. But um, Marvel Stadium, different ball game, a few key injuries to senior players. So they're going to have to give some of the younger players an opportunity. I think Essendon are going to win. There we go. The Bombers to get the job done over the Hawks. Now, I won't ask you about this one, Jimmy, but I'll be definitely asking you, Croft, who will win between GWS and St Kilda on Sunday? Well, yeah, I've been a track watcher, and I know you're talking about Josh Kelly, and I totally agree. Yeah, he can win a Brownlow as well. But um, I've just loved what I've seen from the Giants. I know the Saints have, have been good. I think they've got, you know, King goes out of the side, a few little injuries which uh, hurt them structurally. But I think the Giants will win. I do. I, I think this is a new-look Giants team. Uh, I think they'll start the season really well, and I think it'll be with a win. There we go. The Giants Can I just say, how often will we have heard in our time, player admitted <laughs> golf ball? <laughs> <laughs> Straight off the hosel into his head. Yeah, Surely that's I mean, a segment. It's so much worse. It's, it's scary to think. Yeah. Straighten the concussion protocol. Yeah. Well, maybe they should, like, AFL players, let's seriously, I know they're really worried about the extracurriculum activities. Maybe they need to wear helmets when they go and play golf these days. Strangest injury a teammate of yours ever suffered? Jimmy, you first. Uh, Peter Riccardi sort of claimed he hurt his calf, but they found out he was playing basketball during the week. <laughs> Popped his calf. Oh, and, and, Gary Hocking did his ankle doing the garbage run down there in Geelong when the, the garbage men used to run behind the trucks. And did, didn't Stevie J uh, jump a fence when he was on the drink and yeah, wrecked his pre- leg? Yeah, that was pre-season. That wasn't pre-season. like sort of leading up to a, a game. <laughs> good chapter in his book, Stevie J, about that. He's got a book. Oh, it's a good book. He wouldn't have written it. <laughs> Hello to Stevie J. He's a big punter and a big fan of the podcast. He will be tuned in. Now, we're going to finish with something unique that we're going to do in 2021, and it's called The Last Man Standing. Jimmy, explain to us how this is done. Well, we always have those tipping competitions where you've got to put in all your tips at the start of the year. But one that's always lots of fun is last man standing. The rules are you pick your your dead certainty, your favourite, who you think you're just going to mark down in the book as you win for the round. But there are some rules. Whatever team you've picked or is involved in that game, the two teams, you cannot be involved in the following week. So, for example, if Geelong were playing Hawthorne, the Cats versus the Hawks, and I tip Geelong as my dead certainty... I, and I win because you've got to win to keep going, to stay alive. I can't tip a game that Geelong or Hawthorne are involved in the following week. Did I explain that okay? I think you did. I understand mm-hmm. it. Do you understand it, Croft? Yeah, absolutely. So what happens if we all go out the first week? This is a bad game. We're poor. I think, I think people should not listen to us then. No, we're not going to do that. But what I am going to do is welcome this up to the family, to the competition. Because each yes. week we're going to tweet the podcast out. And if you want to be involved in this last man standing... Just simply tweet the name with the hashtag Bartel. That's the hashtag we're going to run with. It's going to be Bartel. So, Jimmy, don't get yourself in trouble because we don't want Bartel hashtagging for any other reason. But simply reply to the podcast each week. I'll tweet it out. And you reply with the hashtag Bartel and the team you are selecting. I'll monitor that. And the winner will get a prize. And if the winner beats us three, they'll get a double prize. So the, the rules are there to say, we'll take last year, for example, where the Crows st- started Norton 150. You couldn't keep picking the team playing against the Crows. And, you know, when Brisbane were on top of the... Uh, Port Adelaide were on top of the ladder, and they started, you couldn't just keep tipping Port Adelaide. So that's a little bit of a risk element. And you've got to look a little bit ahead in the schedule. I absolutely love it. So there we go. Now, 
I probably should have thought about getting the prizes before we started, but <laughs> our superstar producer, Luke Dottermaid, giving me the thumbs up, so we'll definitely do that. So if you want to get involved, just simply tweet your team each week with the hashtag Bartel, and I will monitor and I will keep taking the entries from those that are still alive. You've got to do it every week. Unfortunately, if you don't submit a selection one week, you are done and dusted. Who's going to go first? Jimmy, oh, it was your competition. You can open the batting. Well, I'm going to tip the Cats against the Crows. Oh, please. It's dead certainty. Jimmy. It's dead certainty. <laughs> I'm not running any risk. Uh, look, I think the Cats are too experienced. Uh, we highlighted before. They've added all their players. They've added nice enough tune-up. They weren't at uh, full tilt against the Bombers. The Bombers are good, but that's enough to keep you on edge and just go, we need to lift a little bit more. They'll just have too much firepower. There's injuries to the Crows with Talia and others down back. I just don't know how they're going to cover all the Cats forwards. Oh, there's nothing sure than Port Adelaide beating North Melbourne. Uh, they're going to go whack. They're a very good side. They've got unbelievable balance and uh, great youth and experience. It's just a beautiful blend. So um, I think they're in really nice form. I just think they've got a lot to play for. This could be their year, and I just think they're going to uh, show North Melbourne what they're made of, unfortunately, for North Melbourne in round one. And do you realise there could be a round where all three of us pick the same team? So you're, yes. we're allowed to pick the same team. Who it'll are you be, going for? It'll be course? funny if we all bomb out. I've changed my mind three times. Oh. I've okay, seen... Quinny, don't, don't pick any teams that we've just chosen. Go something a bit different. Oh, I, I dare don't... you. No, I dare you. <laughs> no. I will go the Brisbane Lions against Sydney. I've oh, just said oh, the Brisbane hang on. Slide. I've hang just on. said that wow. Sydney will rise. Oh. And now, ironically, I'm going to go with Brisbane round one. I think they'll get the job done and do enough to get all four. Is that the gap Okay. Yeah, but I'm still... Oh, I'll tell you what, that is risky. Jimmy, he's up and about after this, Tim. No, you I, could be out I'm first eyeballing, round. I'm eyeballing him, Croft. He, he, he looks weak. I'm like a fast bowler. He is. I can see him shaking in I'm, his boots right remember now. Remember how many upsets there were last year? Remember when West Coast <laughs> lost to Gold Coast earlier in the season? I think I would have bombed out very early going West Coast that this week. This is why it's a great game. It is good yeah, fun. But you, can, you can never take... Gold, uh, go against Gold Coast early in the season. Well, We've seen history shows you they're up and about. Adelaide, well, they're out of form. So Jimmy and I, we're through to next week. Uh, Port Adelaide, they're up and about. They're through to next week. Brisbane, question mark. Mm, yeah, massive you, question mark. I don't think the Gold Coast has ever won after the bye. So that's something where you keep them a bit later <laughs> in the year. What I love, though, is that the North Melbourne team has a new coach, and I love tipping the teams oh, to cause the upset with the new coach. Yeah, but they've still got the same players. Has the trash talk going on already I in love this game? It. <laughs> I'm going to be so nervous watching this Brisbane-Sydney <laughs> game. It's going to be superb. But it has been a superb Round 1 podcast of Inside 50. Remember, Come on, the if you want to get involved with this magnificent no, competition, you can't afford not to simply remind your tip and the hashtag he knows that well up. Come on, the Bloods. Come on, the Bloods. Come on, Brisbane. Get the job done. Save my blushes. And punters, you've been listening to Tabs Inside 50. Hi, Emma Friedman here. I'm saving my lungs for Tabs' big day of play this Saturday. It's the Golden Slipper. AFL, NRL, the A-League, the NBA and more all on one day. <clears throat> There'll be big deals with venue mode, live betting and an unforgettable atmosphere. The big day of play. Book a table at your local. Tab. Long may we play. Venue mode available on the Tab app in operating Tab venues, agencies and selected race courses only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help. 1-800-858-858.